Good morning, everyone. Man, I don't think we have got quiet and sat down that quick in a long time. I like that. That's good stuff. I'm glad everybody's here this morning. I'm glad everyone's come out and chose to worship with us at Crestview Baptist Church. If you're a visitor for the first time, which I don't think I see any, but if you are, um, and there are visitor cards in the pews in front of you, if you'd fill one of those out, drop it in the offering plate, it'd be greatly appreciated. In the offering box, yes, not plate. We're not, we're not that far yet. But the offering box, that'd be greatly appreciated so we can have a record of your visit. Also, if you're watching online, thank you. And um, we, just, we just appreciate you tuning in with us. I have quite a few announcements this morning, and most of them are from me. Um, so um, we have done some things this week. Laura and I have been... Um, have been trying to plan out the rest of the summer and getting some things going. And uh, we have, uh, the first thing I want to talk about, we have put two sheet, two sign-up sheets out on the bulletin board. If you go down this hall, there's a thing that says Youth and Children's News. Um, there's a couple sign-ups on sign-up sheets there, one for nursery, one for uh, children's church to kind of help with... Um, the ones who are helping, you know, kind of rotate and give us give some of those guys some time in the in uh, sanctuary, and uh, get to hear some service. So if you're interested in signing up for either one of those, uh, sign up on the children's on the bulletin board, and then uh, I'll talk to you about it, and we'll make and I'll explain everything to you what what we're doing. Um, there's also some sign up sheets out there for our children and youth activities coming up, um, July 23rd that morning. We are going, I'm going to take the children, we are going to go, and actually starting that Friday, and every Friday till school starts back, we're going to take off and we're going to go to Gaffney to watch the movies, the, the $5 movie, and it comes with, a, if I'm, not, if I'm mis- not mistaken, it comes with a drink and popcorn and the movie, and it's $5. There are other stuff, if you want to bring extra money, um, be here at the church at 930 and we're going to be back somewhere around 1230-ish. If the movies are over a little bit later, then it might be a little bit later. But I'll let you know as far as that goes. So there's all those sign-up sheets out there for that. And that's starting, ne- not this coming Friday, but next Friday. I think that's right. And then that evening with the youth, we're going to go out. And we are also going to go to the Big E later that evening. And we are going to go bowling and um, have some pizza and uh, bring $10 and uh, that, that'll cover what you need to do for the evening. And uh, you'll be here at the church at 6 o'clock that evening. And we're going to be back around 9.30. If you want extra stuff as far as uh, that's going to include your supper. We're going to eat pizza. But if you want extra stuff as far as uh, anything like popcorn or anything like that when we're at the bowling alley, you need to bring your, you can bring extra money if you want to. Thursday, I'm not sure. Is there going to be a work day? Terry, is there going to be a work day Thursday? If it's not gonna, if it's not raining, there's gonna be a work day Thursday, uh, so look forward to that. That's a good time out with the men. Um, I'm not gonna be here throughout the week this week, but if uh, any of my youth or kids or families uh, have any questions or need me, I'll have my phone. You feel free to text me or give me a message, and I will be back in time for church Sunday morning. And uh, Miss Linda Lee is gonna be uh, teaching youth Wednesday night in my place. Uh, don't forget Wednesday night services at 6.30. 
And uh, I think that's it. I just invite you to turn your hearts toward God and uh, let's worship Him this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Just some uh, updates for you. I'm sure everybody has noticed that Sandra and Whitey are not here this morning. Sandra had her knee surgery um, Friday. Um, when I talked to Whitey Friday evening, Sandra was asleep. He said that he's keeping her doped up. It's the only way he can possibly keep up with her. But uh, the surgery was a little bit more extensive than the surgeon originally thought it would be. They did have to repair some torn meniscus on both sides of her knee, as well as um, having some frayed, a frayed ligament that, that he had to... Uh, get that fraying off of, and they scraped out all the, the bone spurs and arthritis. So after she's recovered, she should be good, but it'll take her a little bit to get back up to speed, and then nobody will be able to keep up with her again. And I'm sure she's watching and probably getting mad at me, but we need to continue to pray for her and Whitey as well. Also pray for uh, Joanne Pittman and Doug. Joanne had a doctor's appointment with her cardiologist uh, this past week on the 6th. Um, she's been having shortness of breath. They know it's not her heart, but they're not sure exactly what it is that's, that's causing the problem. So pray for her. Um, some of the prognosis uh, possibilities are not good. Others are, are a lot better. So pray for Joanne and Doug as they are just waiting to find out exactly what's going on with Joanne. Also pray for uh, Vicki Morrison and her family. Um, Vicki's sister, Candy, passed away Thursday night, and um, her service will be here at Crestview this next Sunday at 3 in the afternoon, Vicki, 3 in the afternoon. But pray for Vicki. Um, this is a very trying time. If, if those of you that know Vicki well, know that she is a caregiver. She ministers to people by taking care of them. She took care of her mom and dad. She's helped take care of her sister. And that's just Vicky. But pray for her because Vicky has her own... Oh, and brother. See, um, and aunt. So uh, just pray for Vicky as she continues because Vicky's got her own health issues as well that she has to deal with on a daily basis. And, um, but she's always putting herself out there to help take care of other people. So um, continue to pray for Vicki, um, especially, and her family, especially in this time of, uh, of loss. Also pray for uh, Vicki Martin and her family. Her uncle passed away this past week. Um, so pray for them as well. Um, we have a couple more that are having surgery tomorrow. Larry Ledbetter and Rick Reeves are both having surgery tomorrow, so pray for them as, as they do that. And Kim is continuing to improve. Okay. Lisa Pendleton's mom and dad, her mom's uh, dementia is starting to take a turn for the worse, and her dad is, is dealing with a hernia and may end up having to have hernia surgery. And um, then Kim is continuing to improve. You know, we prayed 
we've been praying for Kim to gain weight, that she'd been losing weight. And um, last report, she had gained 10 to 12 pounds, 10 to 12 pounds, so that which is great. And um, just continue to pray for our church. As we move forward, we're getting closer and closer to our um, new church year, which means that we will be electing deacons. And we start with nominating deacons next Sunday, so be in prayer um, for that, as well as uh, all the committees that are doing work to prepare us for the new church year. Pray for them that God would guide them and give them wisdom in making the decisions that we need to make as a church. And at this time, if you would please join me in prayer as we turn our hearts to God. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. Dear Lord, this morning has already been very hectic. Coming in early to get some things printed and the printer won't cooperate. Very frustrating. But dear Lord, we're not here to do manual work right now. We have come together as your children into your house to worship you this morning. And dear Lord, we turn our hearts to you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit move among us, that he opens our hearts and our ears so that we may receive your word and that we may glorify you. Dear Lord, I ask just for this short time, that you take all the concerns of our lives away just for this short time so that we can fully focus on you this morning. Dear Lord, you allow us to do business with you in your presence. And we ask that your name be glorified in everything that we do and say. But dear Lord, we ask you to be with each one of these requests that you have heard this morning. Those recovering from surgery. Those waiting on surgery. Those waiting on answers for physical issues. Those dealing with the loss of loved ones. Dear Lord, you know what each and every one needs right now. And while we may be able to come alongside and give support, we cannot do what you can. We cannot fill the emptiness. We cannot heal the body. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus' name that can do that. Dear Lord, we turn them over to you right now work in each and every one of those situations as only you can and or be with us today may we boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ as the only way to you It is only through the name of Jesus Christ that we can be saved and will be saved.
And dear Lord, speak through us. Speak through me this morning. Speak through Chad. Draw hearts and souls to you as Doug leads us in praise this morning. And dear Lord, above all, may we leave this place today knowing that we've been in the presence of God. And dear Lord, there are people here right now in person and online that need to make a decision. Make a decision for you to follow you in obedience. Dear Lord, may your Holy Spirit lead them to do just that. And now as we begin to worship, may everything that's done and say today be to your honor and glory. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Morning, everybody. Morning, Sandra. Here I am again. If you would, please uh, take your white hymnal if you'd like, and we can turn to page 447 for our call to worship, or we can follow it along on the screens. It's a beautiful song. Uh, It's an oldie but a goodie. I kind of like those myself. If you would, please, please stand. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. Let us do his good will. He abides with us still, and one who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. In the burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, But our toil he doth richly repay Not a grief or a loss Not a frown or a cross But is best if we trust and obey Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Thank you. Please be seated. Can I get all my kiddos to come down this morning for our children's sermon? Get all my kiddos to come down here. I got a few. They're coming. Woo. I don't know if you guys have noticed but I know I have, and I'm excited. We're going to have a seat right here. That our children's church and our children's sermons are growing. we got some new kids coming in. I'm so excited and so happy. Um, guys, we just sang a song called Trust and Obey. Did you guys hear that? Oh, man, that's a good song, right? Who are we supposed to trust and obey? God. God, that's right. And uh, I want to talk about something we've got to be sure we obey God with today. Uh, who likes to build things with Legos? 
Legos are a lot of fun. Well, in a little bit, we're going to get an opportunity to play with some Legos, but I want to talk about it this morning because I started building a house with Legos. Let me go over here and grab it. And I built a wall. I built one wall this morning in my house, trying to get it ready. And I started putting it up, and I found a problem. Every time I touch it, it'd fall over. You, you, what is up with that? How in the world? I well, I... Well, if I put it on the ground and I touch it, it's still going to fall over. But why is that? What is it missing? Does anybody know what's missing to keep this wall? A foundation. Did you? Listen, I don't know. I cannot get through a Bible study without Miss Betsy teaching it for me. That is a problem that I've had lately. And, uh, but she said we need a foundation. So I want to, so let's see what I've got back here. I've got a foundation, and I can put, and I'll build a wall on this one, and it doesn't fall over at all. So that foundation makes a difference, right? In a little bit, it's this, this is a Lego foundation. We're going to talk about foundations and what that means, but I want to share with you guys some scripture. Here, here, Teddy, you sit down and hold it for me, okay? But you've got to sit down if you want to hold it for me. There you go. So I've got some scripture, and I do have it marked. And uh, today, I want, we're going to read this a little bit thorough, more thorough when we get out to the building. But I'm going to read Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not, and, and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on the house, and it fell with a great fall. Well, what does that mean? What does that have to do with God and with Jesus? What does what the Bible tell us about building a house? We knew. So, so I need to build my house on, a, on a, like a physical rock. I need to go get some concrete and build myself on that. I do. Or do I need to build my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ? No. Yeah. No, I do. We're going to talk about it here in a minute when we go outside. But we have to be sure as we grow that we're building our life and we build ourselves on a firm foundation. Because if we do, Jesus is going to, our relationship with Jesus is going to support us and help us to grow and help us to build up and help us stay strong because that wind and those rain and all that stuff, that's like problems in our life. Even when we accept Jesus, we're going to have problems in our life. But having our foundation built on Jesus helps us to stay sturdy and stay strong when those problems hit us. We're going to talk about it a lot more when we get out to Children's Church. But right now, let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to line up at the back for Children's Church. God, thank you so much for this day, for each one of these boys and girls that are here. Thank you for the love that uh, you shared for us by sending Jesus to die on the cross and rise again for us. Help us as we study today to fully understand what it means to build our life on a firm foundation. All this we ask in your name. Amen. All right, guys, go back there and line up.
I think Miss Michaela's back there and Mr. Jonathan's back there. Yeah, this is, uh, it's getting to where I used to sing a lot as far as singing on solos and things like that and doing specials. And uh, I'd say over probably the last two or three years, I haven't done that much of it. So I've um, got a little fear and a little trepidation going on with me right now. So I'm really trying to, trying to put that behind me. We talked about it in Sunday school before that uh, some of the hardest things that you ever had to do in public speaking was one of those. Nick and I had spoke about that in our class. And and what it came down to was once you, uh, <clears throat> when somebody asks you to teach, if you're going to teach something to somebody, you have to be as informed as you can be. Confidence comes from being informed. Our confidence in the Lord's helping us. How we're going to be informed is going to be staying close to him and talking to him about our problems. That's how you get your confidence. This song today I chose is uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorites, and uh Last time I did it, I was singing it in a different key, a lower key. And yesterday on Saturday when I was out there practicing, it didn't feel right. I felt like my old self again for some reason. I don't know what it was, but I feel good about it. And Feel the Nails is one of my favorites. Lee Carroll used to sing it here with us, and uh, I enjoyed that. Jeremy sang it, but I like doing it too, so I think that uh, this is the one I feel like I need to do today. Thank you. Jesus died for my transgressions and that he paid that price a long long time ago when he gave his life for me on a hill called Calvary but there's something else I really want to know Does he still feel the nails Every time I fail Can he hear the crowds cry Crucify again Am I causing him pain Then I know I got to change I just can't bear the thought of hurting him It seems that I'm so good at breaking promises And I treat his precious grace so carelessly but each time he forgives what if he relives 
the agony he felt on that tree. Does he feel, feel the nails every time I fail? Can he hear the crowds cry, crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Then I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting him. Thank you, Doug, for that. That is an awesome song. As I mentioned earlier, we are getting ready to start preparations by nominating people to serve as deacons. Sometimes this can be looked at as a popularity contest, whoever is liked the most. Other times, it's actually people campaign to be a deacon. They, they think it looks good when you read an obituary in the newspaper and it says that they served as a deacon at such and such church. 
Others see it as a power play, a grab for power so they can get their way. Church, none of those are scriptural reasons for being a deacon. None of those are scriptural reasons for choosing somebody to be a deacon. And I'm going to share with you something that's a little bit different. Normally, when we get ready to choose deacons, we share a scripture out of Acts, where they chose the first seven deacons to, to help minister to the, to the believers so that the apostles may continue to preach the word. Or we go to 2 Timothy, where Paul lays out the qualifications for pastors and deacons, and we talk about that. But I actually want to take you a little bit further back, because the whole premise of deacons, even though they're not called deacons, back a lot further than Acts at the beginning of the church. The first time we actually see this concept of selecting deacons is in the Old Testament. And the title of the sermon today is Sharing the Load. And it comes from Exodus chapter 18. So if you turn to Exodus chapter 18, it'll be on your screen. It's also printed in the bulletins. Um, But if you will stand... And I think I may have said the wrong verse, the wrong chapter. It's chapter 18. Did I say that or did I say 15? Okay. We're going to start with, chapter, with verse 15 of chapter 18. And we're going to, I'm going to read through verse 23. But this is what it says and give you a little bit of background. Moses was sitting and was making decisions. People were bringing all their disagreements or their concerns to Moses, and he was dealing with all of it. And he was being surrounded by the people, and he was doing it from sunup to sundown. Well, his father-in-law Jethro was there. And Jethro told him, listen, this is what you're doing is not good. And we're going to pick up in verse 15, and this is what it says. It says, And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me. I judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself And these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I shall give you counsel, and God be with you. You will be the people's representation or representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders 
of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do these things and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank you for what we find written in the Old Testament. Dear Lord, thank you so much for showing us once again that the Old Testament is applicable to us today and to what we do in the church and how we live our lives. Bless the reading of your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There are some truths that I want to show you that apply to us today out of these verses in Exodus. I want to show you truths about leading God's people. The first truth is this. The job is too big for one person. Even a small congregation like we have. It is difficult for me to keep up with everybody. It is difficult for any pastor to keep up with everybody all the time. You see, before God called me as pastor, he called me to be the father and husband of, of my own home. My first responsibility is taking care of my own family and then helping take care of everyone else. And in fact, Paul tells Timothy that a good deacon, a good pastor or overseer must take care of his own home. And if he can't take care of his own home, he's not fit to take care of God's people. See, that's a problem that a lot of pastors have. Is they think that they have an SP on their long johns and a cape hidden underneath their sports coat. The SP stands for super pastor. They're able to do everything, not have help. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, that is a struggle that every pastor has. Is thinking they have to do it all. But sometimes, pastors are expected to do it all problem with that is, is that when you do it all, you have no time to do what's really important. You see, what Moses' father-in-law said to him in verses 17 and 18. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. It wasn't that Moses didn't want to do the work. It's not that he didn't want to hear the disputes. It's not that he didn't want to minister to the the people. It It wasn't that he thought the work was below him or beneath him. 
It is just too big a job for one person. And the energies that Moses spent from sun up to sundown was spent unwisely. And it's very easy for pastors to fall into that, pro- that process of thinking they have to do everything themselves. And you get so caught up in the busy work that you're not able to do what you were truly called to do. And that is to minister, to teach, to proclaim God's word. And you're not able to do that. Moses wasn't able to do that. You see, teaching God's word, the second truth is this, is that teaching God's word and instructing God's people are the main responsibilities of a pastor. See what it says in verses 19 and 20. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. See, the Great Commission tells us to go and make disciples of every person. Teaching them to obey all the commands that I have given you baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. My job as a pastor is to proclaim the Word of God. To proclaim the Gospel of Jesus Christ. To teach those under my care how to apply that to their lives. How to go out and make disciples themselves how to behave, not just within these four walls, but outside of this, in the world. How are you supposed to act? What does it mean to live your life as a Christian 100% sold out to Jesus Christ? That is my main responsibility. But that gets difficult to do. Sometimes. Sometimes. But any pastor, that is their main responsibility. That was Moses. Moses' main responsibility. Moses couldn't spend time before God praying for his people because he was too busy taking care of the disputes among his people. And Jethro said, you're not able to do this. It's not good. The third truth is this, is that responsibilities of ministering to God's people can be delegated to servant leaders. Look at verses 21 through 23. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, and fifties, and tens. Moses was told by Jethro that he needed to delegate some of the responsibilities to allow others to do some of these things. 
And if you look on in, in verses 22 and 23, and let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easiest for you, or easier for you, and they will bear their burden with you. If you do these things and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all these people also will go to their place in peace. Church, these verses are very important because delegation like this will fail if the job is not put in the hands of a capable individuals. Godly men called to do this very thing. And I'm going to tell you something. Not everybody is called to be a deacon. Only particular people are called by God to serve in that capacity. It is not an easy job. It takes a special man. It takes a man or men of ability. They have to know their job. They have to know, be able to do it. Men of godliness. They are not in it for themselves, but they are godly men that live the example. Men of God's word. They have to be able to take God's word and lead people and teach people as well. And men of honor. These things are the exact same things that you find in the New Testament. And we talk about them knowing God's word. And even when Paul was talking and Luke was writing about, or, or any of the apostles talked about knowing God's word, in fact, when Paul tells Timothy that all scripture is God breathed, I hate to break it to you, but he was not talking in that instance about the New Testament. Paul's scripture, Timothy's scripture, was the Old Testament. So when pastors t say today, or you hear somebody say that the Old Testament isn't relative to the life in the church, that is a bunch of hogwash. Because we cannot fully understand what God is telling us and lead, teaching us in the New Testament unless we understand the foundation of the Old Testament. And what God did, everything from Genesis through Revelation, is pointed one thing. That Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And Jesus Christ saves lives and seals us through the power of the Holy Spirit in His own blood. And at the end, He's coming back to get us. We have to know that. 
and the men that we choose to serve as deacons in our church have to know that. They have to believe that. They have to be able to share that. Because this is an important job. Deacons share the responsibility. They share the load with the pastor in ministering and directing and caring for this flock. So as we begin the process of selecting the deacons, that is why I tell you all the time, please pray about the decision. Ask God's guidance in choosing the right person to serve as deacons. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you're nominated as a deacon, you, please pray about it. It may not be the job that you want to do. Being the pastor of a church is not the job that I wanted to do. But God would not let go of me. He wanted me to do this. He called me to do this. Now I can't imagine doing anything else. But I'm going to tell you this. That just because we don't want to do it or we don't think we have the capacity to do it, when God gets a hold of you and you allow God to have His way, incredible things happen. And you could do more than you ever thought possible. So if you're sitting here or you're listening online and your name comes up as being nominated for a deacon, don't let your immediate answer be no. Pray about it. Ask God what He wants you to do. And church, this time around, we've got three deacons that are rotating off. Doug Pittman, Whitey Green, and David Webb. Which means that we have to nominate six deacons. Three of them will be elected to serve. Three of them will be alternates. In case something happens during the year that one of the deacons has to step down. Pray about it. The more I study, the more I, 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 I prepare for sermons, the more I realize that there is no job that's not important in a church. And I'm going to tell you this. The more I realize how much a pastor depends on their deacons as godly counsel. You remember the story of how <clears throat> Moses had to stand there with his hands raised as the people crossed the river. And, and, and it took a long time for all those people to cross. And Moses became wary. And Aaron and Moses' sister 
propped up his hands, his arms to keep him up as the people crossed because he didn't have the strength to do it himself. I can't tell you how many times that I've felt the prayers and the encouragement and, and, and deacons coming alongside of me because I didn't know if I would be able to keep going. But they were there to help. They were there to support me. They were there to share the load. Church, these men that serve as our deacons are some of the most important people in my life because they are co-servants with me. And we have to understand their jobs. It's not a job of power. Yes, they have to make some decisions. But it's a job of humbleness because these men spend time in prayer. Praying about the decisions. Caring about the people. And they can minister in a way that I can't. You see, when a deacon comes to call on somebody, they can't say, well, you're being paid to do that. And sometimes that gets said about the pastor when he comes. Well, he, he's just doing it because that's his job. No. We do it because it's what we're called by God to do. We do it because we love you. And the deacons are the same way. When they serve, they serve because they're called by God. They're selected by the church. But they do it out of love. And after three years of serving as a deacon, they're exhausted. because their job is so heavy. There will be a letter going out this week to the entire church. Those that attend online as well as in person. We will be taking nominations next week Please make it a matter of prayer. And church, as we wrap things up today, God is not done yet. God is still answering prayers. We have been praying. I told somebody, or I told the entire church a couple of weeks ago that I felt like somebody that was here needed to accept Christ as their Savior. We had little Sakura come up last week having accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. I, but I'm going to tell you, God is continuing to answer prayers. He is not done yet. This is your opportunity to answer God's call. If you're here, and trust me, not because you're, you're a member of Crestview Baptist Church or you sit in this pew every week. That does not mean that you're going to heaven. You have to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to call on His name to be saved. 
If you've not done that, this is your opportunity to do it. Don't take it for granted that just because you've been a member of this church for so, ever so many years that you're going to go automatically go to heaven. That's not the way it works. <clears throat> if you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, get it taken care of today. If you're looking for a church home, a lot of churches don't do memberships anymore. We still do memberships here at Crestview because it gives you a place to belong. It means that you're part of a family of believers. If you're looking for a place to worship, you're working, looking for a family to be part of and to grow together, follow God's leadership. If this is the place that He has for you, come now to join the church. If there's other people that you may have issue with and you need to get that taken care of, do that during this time. Or if you just need to come to the altar and pour yourself out before God, the altar's open. Do that. Now, whatever it is that God is leading you to do, don't leave this place without doing it first. As we sing this song, this is your opportunity to do business with God. <clears throat> it's hymn number 283, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let it be on the impulse of my love. Lord, I give my life to Thee, consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Lord, I give my life to Thee. Thine forever more to be. Thank you for being here this morning. Don't forget that we do have a Bible study Wednesday night at 6.30 for youth, children, and adults. Please be here for that. There's a Bible study for more through the book of Acts. We just started uh, chapter 4 last week. We got through verse 23, and we'll continue with that um, this Wednesday night. Also, don't forget, next Sunday is uh, Candy Air's uh, memorial service here at the church at 3 o'clock. And then at 4.30 today, there's a finance committee meeting. Finance committee meeting. And also, deacons, all deacons, don't forget that if you are currently serving as a deacon in our church, that next Sunday morning at 8.30, I'm pointing at somebody, uh, deacon's meeting in the prayer room, 8.30 this coming Sunday morning, deacon's meeting in the prayer room, don't forget to be there, and then we also have a business meeting next Sunday for the deacon nomination. So at, uh, at this time, I'm going to ask Joe if he would come at the beginning of the week during the third and dismiss us.
prayer. And as he's coming, please be in prayer for David and Nancy Webb. They are, uh, right now, they're getting shot and getting stepped in. They are leaving Tuesday to head to Nicaragua. First time they've been able to go since before COVID. And they're, they're asking for special prayer this trip. Um, David and Nancy and one of their board members with the United Christian Mission are going down there. Very difficult time politically down there. Um, the, the president that is currently there is basically a dictator, and any people they're, they're still having elections. But anybody that stands in opposition to him, he is he's thrown into prison. So it's a very difficult situation. Um, America and American citizens are not looked at as, as fondly by the administration. They are looked at as instigators and people that are trying to persuade the election. So as David and Nancy go down there and their board member, please be in prayer for them for safety. They're going to be gone for 10 days. So please pray for them as they're ministering in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, don't forget that you can kids in that alley next week. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling our pastor to us. Thank you that he was obedient, and Lord, to, to the Holy Spirit, and Lord, he, he tells us what the truth is. And we find out, Lord, that truth is not spelled T-R-U-T-H, it's spelled J-E-S-U-S. And he continues to talk, speak the word of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for him. We thank you for his leadership. And we pray as deacons and as fellow members, Lord, that we would help share the load that uh, we have as Christians. Being a Christian is not an easy job. If it was, Jesus would not tell us we have to t carry a cross every day. So, Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross that we carry because when you carry that cross... That shows that you have concern and compassion for other people. And so, Lord, we pray that we would go back to our homes, to our neighborhoods, to, our, to the grocery store, wherever we go, and we would share the love of Jesus Christ with each people. Because, again, the word deacon is not deacon, it's servant. And we all want to be servants so that we can do good works, so that people can see, good, see Jesus in us, and know that we are known by you and loved by you. So, Lord, as we depart from this place, may you be glorified in what we do here and what we do out in the world, that they might see Jesus in us. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.